Hey everybody, welcome to another Baseball America podcast. I'm Kyle Glazer, joined by J.J. Cooper. Uh, we had some late-breaking news last night. We're recording this on Monday. Uh, some of you woke up to the news. Some of you went to bed to the news. And I don't think it's something anyone saw coming. Dave Dombrowski, the Red Sox president of baseball operations, the head of the organization for all intents and purposes, reigning Baseball America executive of the year, architect of the reigning World Series champion, has been let go, fired, be more direct about it. Something no one really, I think, expected. Again, the Red Sox won 108 games last year, put a, put together a historic season, won the World Series. While things have not gone great this year, uh, they certainly have not been terrible. The Red Sox are currently on pace to win 86 games this year. They've you know, been a, a decent team all year. Uh, so they've had some things go sideways. But on the whole, it's not normally the situation you see executives get fired uh, JJ, just what was your first reaction to the news? And now that we've had some time to digest it and, and talk to some people within the game about it, just how do you kind of assess the situation? Shock. Does shock work? You know, I, I, I would say um, that, yeah, I, I would probably best describe it as is I was extremely surprised. And if you want to call it, call it shocked, which now let's preface by saying you know, that there's always the possibility with something like this that I'm not even speculating about it, but that further information may come out where we go, oh, okay, that was the reasons we did not know at the time. I have no idea what those could be. I just want to at least acknowledge there has not been a press conference. There has been very little that the Red Sox are spelling out about the reasoning for this decision. So saying that, if we take it, on face value that the Red Sox are dismissing, have dismissed Dave Dombrowski because they are unhappy with the direction of the Red Sox so far or right now. I'm shocked by that. And I say that because yes, I think that this is absolutely a disappointing season. I don't think there's any question about that. If you're a Red Sox fan, you're not happy with this. They're almost assuredly going to miss the playoffs. All those things being said, they're the reigning world champs. <laughs> they haven't crowned another World Series champion. And call me old-fashioned if you want, but at the minimum, that should earn you if you're still the possessors of the current World Series trophy, that should keep you from being fired for poor performance. Now, and I think part of the Red Sox poor performance this year can be pointed back to the effort it takes to win a World Series. Nathan Eovaldi has not been very good this year. Well, he was hurt. So, you know, part of the – yes, you know why he was hurt probably? They used him an awful lot. He is a long – a pitcher who's long struggled with durability. And they used him in inventive ways to win a World Series last year, and they are paying the effects. Chris Sale was used an awful lot last year, understandably. They basically played an extra month of the season. Chris Sale has not been as good this year. He has been, you know, he's had, he's also had injury issues. These are, 
again, I, they're not a perfect one-to-one correlation, but these are some of the things that if they had flamed out in the ALCS last year and then gotten to this point, you would say, okay, you know, the direction seems wrong. It seems like maybe they missed their best chance. That's not what happened here. They won 108 games last year. They were one of the great World Series champions that we will see in our lifetime. Uh, Okay, so that's my stunned, shocked, disbelief uh, take, opinion, whatever you want to call it. So, Kyle, I mean, what do you think? Definitely a surprise. We have seen the Red Sox before have some very, very, very high standards, uh, even though things on paper look really good. Look no further than John Farrell wins uh, back-to-back division titles. They fire him. Now, they brought in Alex Cora, and that was, you know, for all intents and purposes, and it seems like just discussing it and being there at the World Series last year, it was a move that helped them take the next step. Um, But at the same time, it's hard to wrap your head around when, again, you just look at the total results. The Red Sox were a last place team when Dave Dombrowski took it over. People, it seems so long ago, but when 2015 came around, when Ben Charrington was let go, the Red Sox were in fifth place in the AL East that year. Dombrowski came in, ended that season, and he added a ton of talent to this team. He's the one who traded for Chris Sale. He's the one who traded for Craig Craig Kimbrell. He's the one who eventually signed J.D. Martinez. They consistently added talent under him. He turned around a last-place team into a World Series champion in three years. That is an incredible accomplishment. On top of that, look, did they sacrifice some prospects to do it? Absolutely. Were they right to? Absolutely. You know, when you look at them today – they still have a really talented young core. Some of those guys, their contracts are going to be up. Mookie Betts uh, coming up soon. But on the whole, you look at the talent base that's in Boston. It's a really good group Dombrowski has put together. You look at, again, this is not a great farm system. We had them ranked last coming into the year. They've since moved up a little bit because there are mm-hmm. some guys in there. We saw Michael Chavis come up, make an impact. There's guys like Bobby Dahlbeck, Darwin's and Hernandez, uh, Brian Mata, who are in the upper levels. So, uh, again, there is talent here. I, again, the only thing I go back to is, given what we know at this exact moment, um, there has to be some difference in vision for the organization, you know, something not lining up in terms of the way ownership or other higher-ups want to go, that they felt that Dombrowski's not the right guy for whatever that next step they want to take is. Because, again, when you look at the talent base on the field, you look at the accomplishments, um, it is a shocking move to say the least. And I, I think your initial reaction would be, it, it's, it was hard to see whoever their next general manager is doing better than what Dave Dombrowski has done over these last three years. It's hard to see an upgrade. If, if this was, if the, if the Red Sox, and again, they did, they won them. But if the Red Sox had not won three World Series titles in the preceding 15 years. Is there any scenario? Like, uh, it is amazing to me, and again, I know, trust me, I know I'm a Steelers fan, and last night was not fun. Boston has had more success across all sports than pretty much any other city in, in the 21st century. But 
I, I grew up, I, you know, I'm old enough to remember when winning a World Series in Boston seemed like for, you know, seemed like an impossible dream for Red Sox fans. And I'm just trying to envision before 04, any scenario where a president of baseball ops who won the World Series the year before being let go during the pre the following season it just it, it does not make any sense to me um again i i'm we're having to judge it on that this is a a move made for baseball reasons you mentioned you said the ownership you know may or would seem to indicate that they have a different views viewpoint for the future you know for for where they're going than dave dombrowski and the follow-up to that for me is well i don't know where in the future you know can go better <laughs> than where they are currently sitting which is they are holding the trophy and they won 108 games last year and that the other part about that is is they won 108 games they didn't win it last year this is not the 1991 twins which hey the the trophy counts the same but you know, the 87 twins, all, you know, like there, there are teams where it's like, okay, this isn't a dominant team, but it all came together perfectly. They made a run, they won it. And those, again, I'm not even discounting those, those, those count the same way, but this is a team who one year ago was exceptional. And I just do look at this. I mean, the other part about this is, is the Red Sox absolutely positively have a whole lot of money committed to players who, if you looked at it right now and you said, you know, if you could have that contract to do over, you probably would. Well, I think we can agree on that, right? Agreed. There's no question. Again, I go back to every single general manager in baseball has some contracts they'd like to take back. Um, look, the Chris Sale extension – the, the Rays don't because they don't have any big contracts, but right. I, I digress. You know, Chris Sale extension doesn't look great, but the Xander Bogarts extension does. Um, you know, David Price is still owed a lot of money, but given what he gave to them last October, you know, it's kind of worth it. Um, Rick Porcell's a free agent at the end of this year. I mean, the Uvalde contract, that wasn't good. Um, you knew there were some red flags there as soon as that happened, but but again, there's good deals that have been made. There's some less good deals that have been made. That's true for every general manager. And the end result that Dave Dombrowski has been able to put together has been exceptional. You mentioned that, that those 108 wins last year, they blew past three really good teams in the postseason. They took the Yankees, the Astros, and the Dodgers and just tossed them aside. I mean, again, you mentioned the pitching as, you know, there's been some issues this year. That's, again for almost every team that goes to a world series, those extra innings on those arms and high pressure situations, it does take a toll. That's true for the Indians with Corey Kluber since the 2016 world series. Again, every single team has this. So the fact that sale and Porcello and price, uh, you know, really everyone outside of Eduardo Rodriguez has struggled a little bit. That was to be expected. That's part of why winning a world series two years in a row, going back to a world series two years in a row, is incredibly difficult. And I just don't think you can hold that against Dave Dombrowski or the coaching staff. That's the facts of what it takes to win a World Series in this day and age. So again, I, I, 
I just go back to there, you know, again, you, you don't want to speculate or hope there's something under the surface that's, that's worse. Like you don't ever want that. I just think that for baseball only reasons, this would be a move that I would characterize as, like you said, shocking. You could throw the word confusing in there. Um, and again, I just go back to from a pure baseball perspective, I have a hard time envisioning whoever takes over for Dave Dombrowski doing a better job over the next three years than what Dave Dombrowski did these last three years. And given Dave Dombrowski's track record of general excellence, I have a hard time envisioning there's someone else who would do better these next three years with this team than Dombrowski would do. But the Red Sox made their decision. Um, it is what it is. And, and ultimately they'll show, you know, whether everyone else is wrong or not, but I, I, I can't envision, honestly, I can't envision most other teams doing this. The, the only team I can envision doing this would probably be the Red Sox. Maybe, you know, the Dodgers kind of did it with Ned Coletti replacing him with Andrew Friedman, but they didn't win a world series. They were getting dispatched in the first round when that happened. So it's, I can't think of another scenario like this, but again, the Red Sox have very high expectations. We saw that with their move to fire John Farrell, uh, John Farrell, excuse me, lap uh, before last season. And it's how they operate. And, and I guess I don't ever want to fault an organization for having high expectations. Um, it just seems like this is, is a curious move at best. I will fault if winning a world series is not sufficient, then I do not know what the standards are that again, if we're talking about from purely baseball terms, I do not care from a looking at it from a baseball perspective. There's no, they don't give you extra, you know, an extra trophy for winning it while not spending much money. The Red Sox are a massive money generator. They have massive revenues. The fact that they spent a lot of money to win the World Series is something that a team like Boston should do. I mean, that's just the reality of it is. They, <laughs> their fan base has earned that because they show up day in, day out, and the ratings are great, and all the other myriad revenue sources that, that, that the Red Sox have. You know, the farm system, as you mentioned, the farm system is, has really was depleted, absolutely. It's getting better. You know, it's depleted depleted for, the right for, a good, for the right reasons. You, they, they acquired Chris Sale. They traded away some of the best prospects in baseball to acquire Chris Sale, who helped them win a World Series. I, I have to kind of sidebar here to go to. Let's look at the, the GM who will go into the Hall of Fame who got them their first ring. You know, you look at Theo and the group that they have in Chicago. When, when, when that Cubs team won the World Series a few years ago. They did so by depleting a really, really an exceptional farm system. They graduated guys to the big leagues, but then they turned and turned around and traded the next wave. They traded Glaber Torres and Eloy Jimenez to help win that World Series. Well, Glaber, yes. Eloy came the year after. Yeah, sorry. Eloy yeah. is the year after to try to do it again. You're right. Sorry. My apologies. But they traded Glaber to win that World Series. Thank you. That was stupid on my part. But they to win that World Series. And you know what? I know that there are fans who can look back and say, man, if they had Glaber Torres now, they'd have a better chance of winning another one. But the reality of it is, is they won that one. And the travails of the Cubs since then 
offer a reminder of what you're talking about, about how hard it is to win one, much less more than one. You know, if you're a Cubs fan, the first one there is way more important than the second one because you had there was no one alive who remembered basically the first one. And whether you, whatever team you play for, getting a chance to win a title, winning a title is a very significant thing. And, you know, it's very possible that we will look back on this Cubs, that Cubs group and go, yep, they won one. I mean, the reality of it is, is they're not going away or anything like that. But this is a team who their window of having this really talented, inexpensive lineup who was really productive and they weren't paying them anything. So that allowed them to spend a lot of money on the, on the rotation and the bullpen that, that those days have passed now. Well, again, their bill is coming due in Boston as well. But the reality of it is, is that the bill's coming due. But the great thing is, is you, you, you got everything you wanted before you had to pay the bill. 108 and wins and a World Series title. And, you know, we talked about this before the year at the, uh, on our Organization Talent Rankings podcast. The Cubs and Red Sox had the two worst farm systems in our rankings entering the year. That was the case because they successfully graduated. They were previously number one ranked farm systems. They successfully graduated those prospects to the major leagues. They traded other prospects to get star impact major leaguers to help them put them over the top. That is the point of this. That is what you're supposed to do. That it, the fact that the Red Sox and Cubs were 29th and 30th in this year's farm system rankings meant they did it right, meant that everything went according to plan and they did a great job because they got World Series rings out of it. And that's how this happens. So for me, you know, I've seen some people citing, oh, you know, the Red Sox have some expensive payroll commitments and a depleted farm system. Yeah, the reason they have those is because you had to do those things to win a World Series, which is the point of this. The moves they made were great. The homegrown talent from that, no that number one farm system that they graduated, you know, you'd rather have great young big leaguers than great young prospects. You want those prospects to become those great young big leaguers, and they did for both of these teams. And it's hard to maintain that and sustain it. But either way, the Cubs, just to use your example, they've made the playoffs four straight years and won a World Series. Three of those years, they made the NLCS. You can argue this is the greatest stretch of Cubs baseball in franchise history over the past hundred years. The Reds. Wait, wait, no, you don't, you don't have to argue. When you're talking about the past hundred years, there is no argument for anything else. If you said in in organization history and you include tinkers to average the chance, I think you could still say that this is the best stretch considering how much more difficult it is in many ways. But yes, past hundred years, no argument. We will take no argument for anything else. And then, you know, forwarding it to the Red Sox again, they've won four world titles in the first 18 years. And, you know, again, I go back to Nebraska took over a last place team and had them not just winning world series, but, World Series champions as one of the greatest teams in baseball history within three years. Again, some of those players were already in the system, but he was able to build on top of it. And almost any championship team, you can look back and say, yes, there were players here brought in over multiple front offices. That's facts of life in baseball. Players tend to outlast front offices. <laughs> well, I, let, me, let me actually argue the opposite of that. This one is also is kind of what's kind of so weird here is this is not – the normal 
this is not normal for baseball in 2019. I, nowadays, actually, I would argue in many cases, front offices outlive, you know, outlast players' contracts because, you know, put it this way. We, we always think of, you know, during the Steinbrenner years, you think of the, uh, the hair trigger Yankees. Well, Brian Cashman's sitting there. He's gone through, you know, Red Sox front office after Red Sox front office. But it's not just him. I mean, you know, you just look around baseball and there are a lot of teams who stability is the watchword. Now, maybe someone went from being GM to president and they have a new GM, but we do not see a whole lot of front offices where the, the exec at the top is let go for performance reasons. That's not something that's very common in 2019, is it? There have definitely been a number of front offices who are given longer leashes than they used to be. I think that was very, very fair. Uh, without naming names, you can look around baseball and see some front offices that have yet to yield anything off of their grand promises, and they still are employed, whereas in this case, again, based on the physical on-field performance, you know, there's very few general managers, or, or I should say president of baseball operations, whatever titles you want, who have outperformed Dave Dombrowski. Uh, so we know this has happened. We've dove into it from every angle. What's next? Again, with the Red Sox, JJ, you did their farm system rankings this year at midseason. You have a good beat on just where they're at internally from a development perspective. Um, again, we mentioned that Mookie Betts uh, is scheduled to be a free agent coming up after 2021, I believe. Uh, Jackie Bradley Jr., who isn't performing, but he's also, uh, his contract is set to expire soon as well. What do you think are the next steps, the next Red Sox general manager slash baseball, president of baseball operations needs to take so that this franchise does not take a huge step back? Well, I mean, that's the interesting thing with this is that are the expectations going to be the same on the next? Uh, you know, and again, they have a, a triumvirate, a quadumvirate right now that's kind of going to run things for the, in the, in the short term, but uh, which I, I will, you know, note that uh, Raquel Ferreira, one of those uh, in that uh, leadership group, which is significant. That's the, that's the, the highest ranking uh, woman in baseball operations basically ever. Uh, that's significant. Um, you know, if you don't call, I mean, Mark Schott did own the Reds, but uh, principal owner, but as far as, you know, in a front office for making the day-to-day decisions, but um, the, the thing about it is, is that as we just laid out, this is an organization that the bill may be coming due. They have a lot of players who are very expensive, who may not be worth their contracts, you know, as far as their production is not going to match the, uh, the compensation, you know, which is traditional and normal for free agency. Let's just be honest with it. But, but they have a lot of that coming up. And I, I mean, I don't see it being a, uh, a complete teardown job. This is, this is Boston. So with that being the combination, I do not know, you know, kind of if the next head of the Red Sox is expected to win in 2020 or 2021 or they're out then that that's a that's a brutal job that said there are there are a few places where you have better more resources more opportunities to succeed than boston 
and they have a very good core still, you know, and now just a matter of paying them. So are going to be a lot of people who be quite willing to uh, jump in and be very interested in that job. But at the same time, I, you know, I have, I, I'm kind of baffled. I, I'm still too much baffled by the decision that just happened to kind of figure out what's going to happen next, I guess would be the way to put it. There are, there is something here to work with to say the least. Again, this is not a terrible team. It's not like the Red Sox right now are, you know, 59 and 74 and everything completely fell apart. Their down year, their down season is an 86 win season. About half of baseball would kill for that to be their down season. Xander Bogarts is locked up for a while. You still have Rafael Devers and Andrew Benintendi, still you know, 25 or younger. Uh, Mookie Betts, you still have another year plus of him. I mean, there's a really talented young position player core in place here. Saw Michael Chavis come up and have some impact. You know, Bobby Dahlbeck's coming up as well. Uh, they're going to have to supplant, supplement the pitching, but you can say the same thing for, again, about half of Major League Baseball right now. The bullpen is a problem. Again, there's going to be moves that have to be made. But all things considered, I think a very, very large number of uh, prospective general managers would love to walk into a situation where you have Bogarts, Devers, Benintendi, Betts in your lineup every day right now uh, with more position players on the way. It's a good place to start. And, you know, I think the number one thing will be they have to now almost exceed Dave Dombrowski's accomplishments because uh, it's a pretty high bar here. Again, you know, three division titles and a World Series ring. Um, that's, that, that's, that's, that's the question is, is like if you're in the job interview, one question you're asking back is, so what are the expectations? You know, do I need to win World Series every year? Is, you know, one World Series every title every three years sufficient? Uh, you know, that's what I would want to know. We'll see. We'll see what they do. But definitely uh, – fascinating to see what happens moving forward with the Red Sox and JJ thanks for uh providing your insight uh definitely uh crazy happenings here as the pennant race heats up crazy for JJ Cooper I'm Kyle Glazer thanks for listening to another edition of the Baseball America podcast everyone uh go ahead and give us a review on iTunes Stitcher whatever platform you're listening on we'd love to hear from you and uh get your feedback we appreciate you as always uh, now's a great time to subscribe to Baseball America uh, player of the year is out postseason awards are out we top 20s are coming out uh, international reviews just came out today so lots of great stuff on the site and in the magazine and definitely encourage everyone to subscribe uh, once again for jj cooper i'm kyle glazer thanks for listening everybody Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.